For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Power Ranking Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your basketball info, news, stats, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines and the latest matchup reports for this year's NBA playoffs. Bet Online is your sports intel headquarters this season as they have you covered for all of your insider sports wagering needs from basketball to baseball, hockey, golf to UFC and boxing. It is the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your home. Get in on the action today. So head to the website or use your mobile device to join and be sure to use our promo code believe to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online and where the game starts. I love it. That sounds great. Uh, I got to say, Marcus, uh, this is a big day. By the way, that was, of course, at Marcus underscore score Mosher. Marcus just found out today that he's going to be the father of a, a young man. Mm-hmm. Love that. Uh, Liam Benson Mosher. Is that there right? You, go. you got yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, pretty excited about that. And uh, his daughter predicted it. Predicted it. So, sure, she did. Um, <clears throat> although she thought his name was going to be... Uh, David LaFleur Harrison Ford Mosher. Mosher. <laughs> yeah, David LaFleur Mosher, exactly. Um, but uh, we, we're doing a short today, Power Ranking Short. Welcome to the Power Rankings Podcast. If you've ever listened to us before, sponsored by Bet Online. Uh, Marcus just got a, a, a uh, what, what would you call it? I mean, a smorgasbord of football cards, a deal of the century. A garage sale is what it was. I found it on Facebook Marketplace and they were selling. Actually, it was a baseball card sale and there was just a couple football packs that were there. This is actually, I bought five of these packs if you're watching this on YouTube or believe. Uh, I bought five of these Fleer Premier Edition football packs from 1990. Boxes. That's a wax box, bro. Boxes. And I had the idea of, let's open up a pack and have Elliot say at least one thing about every single player we open up. Uh, okay, so this is nineteen. Uh, you, this is nineteen ninety Fleer. We're opening nineteen ninety Fleer. So I'm, I'm opening so, it now. Eighty nine season. Okay. Yeah. You ready? Here we go. I, I'm ready. This get is it. A if you're nervous. watching this on, oops, we got to flip it upside down so you can see. All right. So our first one. All right, that's Eric Allen. Ooh, that's a Fleer All Pro. That's a cool looking card. Is that like a sticker card? It is. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Eric Allen in the 89 season, this was only his second year, Marcus. And by his second year, the guy was already an all-pro. Now, some of y'all know him as a ESPN football analyst, but Eric Allen was a legit, legit great player. Uh, ended up signing with the Saints in free agency and then uh, ended his career with the Raiders. But Eric Allen, borderline Hall of Fame kind of guy. 
second year all pro at corner. How many corners make all pro first team as a second year player? Not very many, man. No, not very many at all. Wow, pretty cool. I like that card. That's a that's a cool card. Uh, all right, so let's get to our actual cards right here. Uh, first one. Ooh, I, I like this player I'm, a lot. I'm not gonna be to go deep in the well and all. Oh, Eric Metcalf. 1989, that's a rookie card, kind of. Uh, starting in 89, they made rookie cards of guys that hadn't played yet. So Eric Metcalf actually has an 89 score where he hadn't played. So this 1990 Fleer is not technically his rookie card, but it's his first card after he started playing. Pretty good all-purpose back that year. What do you have, about 1,700 all-purpose yards, Marcus, in 89? Yeah, I mean, he had, receiving returns. Yeah, it's on the card: six hundred thirty-three rushing yards, three hundred ninety-seven receiving yards, ten touchdowns from scrimmage. Pretty decent. Yeah, but he is also a elite kick returner. Uh, Browns went to the AFC Championship game that year, and they lost. Next one. Last time they've been to the championship game. Uh, all right, uh, Lomas Brown. Lomas Brown. Another. You know, we were just at a, our Marcus's top eight running backs of all time. If you didn't catch that podcast, we did that yesterday, and we talked about the fact that Barry Sanders played with some good players. Well, Marcus mentioned, hey, he played with a couple of Pro Bowlers on the offensive line, didn't he? Yeah, you're looking at one right here, Lomas Brown. Now, I don't think Lomas Brown made the Pro Bowl in '89. Uh, that was Lomas Brown was only like in his fifth year, I think, at that point. I think he came out in 85, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, actually, at the back of the card, it says Lomas is closing in on his first NFC Pro Bowl berth, showing improvement in every season. Yeah, uh, but really good player. He became a Pro Bowler, ended his career with the Giants. Uh, good player. Okay, let's see. <laughs> Kevin Butler, rookie in 85, just like Lomas Brown. First kicker to ever roll up his sleeves to show off his arms. <laughs> well, look, I... And- I- I was gonna say, look, look, if you can see the back of this card, he's got yeah. the one bar face mask. Did he score a lot of points in 85? Because that was his rookie year, and I think he was like one of the scoring leaders. Am I wrong? One of PATs, 31 of 37 on field goal. So 144 points. That's quite a few. Yeah. That was the leading scoring figure in yeah. 85 as a rookie. So right. okay. next card. Who's this? Oh, Jim Wilkes, really long time player, played from 82. To 94 for the Saints. If is it right? 82. Is it safe? He was drafted on the back when he was, he was drafted in 19 or uh, excuse me, 81, actually. 81. Okay. So he played 14 years. A really good player. I believe he passed away in the last few years. Long time solid dude. And one of the guys that made it easier for their really famous linebacker crew, you know, like mm-hmm. uh Pat Swilling, um, Sam Mills, Vaughn Johnson, and Ricky Jackson to do what they did because they played a three-four. All right, next one. Uh, Chris Jackie. Um, I have a funny story about, uh, well, related to Chris Jackie that I don't know that I can tell in the podcast. <laughs> that, that might have to be a power ranking short, short, like for just Marcus and I. Another place Jackie, kicker. Yeah, longtime kicker for the Packers. He's who Ryan Longwell replaced. Uh, Interesting. So Jackie, yeah, Jackie kicked until, I think Jackie kicked from like, I want to say 87. Marcus until 96 and then Longwell took over in 97 and kicked a really long time like uh, with the Packers. And didn't Longwell go to Minnesota when Brett Favre did? I believe. Am so. I misremembering yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. No, okay. he did. You're right. All right. Uh, I'm so excited. All right. Who, who are we doing here? Wow. Okay. So this card would have more value if you're this listening to Sanders us on a podcast. Pod. It's a Deion Sanders 90 Fleer. But again, 89 was the first year that the football card companies score led the way here where they made rookie cards of guys before they played. So there's a Deion Sanders card in the 89 score set and the 89 pro set before he played it down. So this technically isn't a rookie card, but it's a the first card after he started playing. 
Does it have his kick return numbers on there, dude? Because I'm pretty uh, sure he was a great returner in 89. No, it, it doesn't have him on there. You want me to read the back of it real quick? I think he fumbled his first return and then picked it up and sco- returned it for a touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Punt return. Here's what ahead. the back of the card says. Dion wears rubber bands around his wrist and accepts them from only one source, the storage department at Florida State. He has the coaches secretly ship them when necessary. Dion may stretch things, but there's no doubt about his ability to play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, that one of the case. Yeah. He was a decent corner at first, but by 91, he was elite. Uh, didn't yeah. take him very long. All right. Okay. What do we got? One. Okay. Clyde Simmons. So this is right when Clyde Simmons started to get really good. How many sacks did Clyde have in 89? Like 10 and a half. I'm going to go 15 and a half. Wow. 15 and a half. All right. A little off there. Uh, I believe Clyde Simmons led the NFL in sacks in 91 with like 19. Um, but he was fantastic. So that Eagles off uh, defensive line in 89 was Clyde Simmons at one end, Reggie White at the other end. They had Jerome Brown and Mike Pitts at defensive tackle. And I, I think Mike Pitts passed away. Jerome Brown passed away in 92. And Reggie Brown passed away years ago. So three out of four, I think Clyde Simmons is the only member left. But that was uh, Buddy Ryan's defense. And uh, yeah, fantastic. All right, next one. Love it. You're doing How am I doing well. so far? Very well. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kirk Loudermilk. This is a Vikings. Uh, I believe he was their starting center uh, in the late 80s and early 90s. Um, pretty oh, good baseball player. for three years. Yeah, pretty good player. He wasn't Gary Zimmerman, Randall McDaniel good. Uh, that was their tackle and guard. But Loudermilk played a long, Milk played a long time. I think he replaced Dennis Swilly. But look, how much do you want me to say about Nothing, Kirk Nothing, we're moving on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jeff Dellenbach. Okay. Um, was he a guard or center? I think he was center for Miami, wasn't he? Uh, My, it says he took over at left tackle for a while for them. Okay. I thought he played center and replaced, uh, oh, yeah, it Stevenson. Says after starting the previous 20 games at center, Jeff took over as the left tackle for Miami. Yeah. So the first couple of years he had to play center because Dwight Stevenson, who's hall of fame, uh, type dude had to uh, retire. Early Dwight Stevenson was a great player. This is a this is an awesome pack, by the way. We should mention before we get to this card, pretty cool. Even though we don't have a ton to say about offensive linemen, they used to make yes. cards of offensive linemen. Uh, okay, Bo Jackson. This is a ninety Fleer. Let me tell you, Bo Jackson's eighty nine season, which is the stats on the back. I think that year, if memory serves, Marcus, he ran for like nine hundred and something yards in limited action at. Five point something yards a carry. 173 carries, 950 yards, five five a carry. Yeah, that was his best year. When you think of like what's the quintessential Bo Jackson running back year, it was 89. Let me tell you how great 89 was for Bo. Bo Jackson started the All-Star game for the Royals as an outfielder. He had never made the All-Star game before. Mm-hmm. He makes the All-Star game in 89. He has a fantastic year. And he runs for five and a half yards per carry. <laughs> It's pretty in double duty, uh, it was his third straight year doing double duty for the Raiders. All right, four cards left. Yeah. Lionel Manuel, so kind of disappointing career. Lionel Manuel, if you look at his numbers, Marcus, like 85, big-time numbers. He only played 12 games, but he had like I say 800. 49 catches for 859 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah, pretty good in 12 games. Look at that yards per catch. Yep. But starting in 86, man, he just kept getting hurt over and over. There was a very similar player to him, a little bit different named Mike Quick that played for Philadelphia. Same thing. 
there was something about those NFC East receivers, man. They always got hurt. Roy Green always got hurt. Mike Quick always got hurt. Lionel Manuel always got hurt. Tony Hill, the Cowboys, always got hurt. Mike Sherrard always got hurt. Uh, it was brutal. Only Washington's receivers stayed healthy. Three cards left. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Lips, man, great player. Um, 1984, Rookie of the Year. Um, Big-time touchdown totals his first couple years in the league. I think 85, he scored like 15 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, but by 89, he was kind of being phased out. Pittsburgh was a run team, man. They played, they ran the ball, played defense. So Lewis Lips' numbers probably weren't that great in 89. Right. Two left. All right. Jim Everett. Uh, okay. People make fun of Jim Everett, man, because the whole Chris Everett thing. But Jim Everett, I want to say he threw for like 30 touchdowns in 88 and like 29 in 89. Am I close? Is it is it something like that? 31 in 88, 29 in 89. Yeah, that was the most touchdowns in the league, man. Mm-hmm. Like Jim Everett had some big years. Their offensive coordinator was Ernie Zampezi. And you know who his quarterback's coach was for the 89 Rams? No, who? Norv Turner. Not bad. Who parlayed little, that job. coaching the tree there. Yeah. Uh, final bet. card, which – Yep. If you're not familiar, most of the time your best card is the final card in a packet. This is our final card. Wow. Andre Reed. Um, by 89, Andre Reed was a star, man. He was a star. But, dude, I, I think Andre Reed went to Cutstown State. Does that have his college on there? Uh, yeah, Cutstown State. It's in PA. It's, it's close to Allentown. Um, what round was he drafted in in 85? Should have it on there. It says 4A. Okay, okay. That because they had multiple fourth-round picks. That's how they listed it. Okay. I mean, dude, by 89, he was a 1,000-yard receiver. I'm I'm pretty sure. You know, yeah. he got off to a little bit of a yards. start. Yeah, that's a big year. That's Jim Kelly, obviously, Thurman Thomas. That's when the Bills really started to get good. There you go. How was that? That's pretty good. Yeah. You were able to name at least every single player and something unique about it. That's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, hey, a little 89 Bills story for you. So 88 Bills, they go to the championship game, right? And Marv Levy lobbies Pete Rozelle in the league competition committee to try to get the Bengals no-huddle offense outlawed because Buffalo mm-hmm. is having to play him in the championship, and they thought it was illegal. Obviously, Rozelle didn't do anything about it. The Bills got their butts kicked. So in 89, the Bills developed the K-Gun, which was basically the no huddle because yeah. it's like if we can't get it outlawed, we'll do it. So in 89, obviously most people know 90 to 93, the Bills made four straight Super Bowls. But in 89, they had a really good team. They were called the Bickering Bills because they used to fight with one another. And they go to the divisional round against Cleveland. And you've seen footage of this game. It's the one where Don Beebe gets knocked upside down and mm-hmm. lands on his head. You remember yep. that, play? So they go down, they drive to the – at the end of the game, they're in the red zone. Buffalo with the touchdown will pull ahead, win the game. And Jim Kelly throws it to their third down back, Ronnie Harmon. And he drops the ball. It's a perfect pass. And Sports Illustrated asked Ronnie Harmon about the play at the end of the game. Like, you know, are you disappointed? And he's like, Jim th- took too th- <laughs> Jim took too long to throw me the ball. It was a perfect pass right in his hands. He took too long, you know, like. Hey. Way to throw your quarterback under the bus. I know. Well, guess what? Ronnie Harmon was playing for the Chargers in 90. So, uh, yeah, fine. yeah, that was about it for that. So, uh, what do you think of the the Fleer set? Do we, do we like the way it looks? I, the oval? I, I do like it. I really like this Deion Sanders card. I I think I like the, like, it's like an oval kind of shape of the top. Yeah. It's gray. 
what I really like is on the back, they've got like unique little stories, like the Dion story. I think that's so cool, right? It's just something else that you would never get anywhere else, especially like a kid from the 90s. Like, how would you know that story about Dion other than a football card? I I really like this set. So Fleer, hold on, I'm going to grab some old cards here. In the eight, so Fleer did football cards in the early 60s. They did some AFL cards, but in the 80s, they did these team cards. That's all they did. It was it was all 28 teams, and they'd get three cards apiece. And one of them would be offense, one would be defense, and one would be, like, special teams. Mm-hmm. So here's the Steelers 1985 Fleer defensive card. And then they would put a little thing at the bottom that said, where, where is it right here? Mismatch. That's all they would do. They would just put Love one it. word. They were kind of like the Russell Wilson of football cards. A little cheesy. It would be like, you know, concentration. <laughs> little, Yeah, I got it. Little little yeah. motivational things. Yeah. At the bottom. So 90, what I'm trying to say here is 90 was the first time since 1962 that Fleer got back into the let's do an actual football card of player. Um, you know, so an action shot. Yeah, but but an individual player instead of just doing team cards that just right. showed like guys gang tackling or whatever. The set didn't do that well, but I got to tell you, I think those Fleer All-Pro cards look pretty cool. I think one came per pack. That Eric yeah. Allen one that you had, it was kind of, was it, I can't remember, was it silver, gold? It's silver. I have to go pull it back up. It was the first card that I pulled out, but yeah, it's right here. Uh, that's going into a sleeve as soon as this podcast is done because that's a pretty sweet card. Okay, what's, really so- nice, what's really nice about it is on the back, it tells you why he was an all pro that season. And that's like, mm-hmm. if you're watching this on YouTube or believe you can see that's like three or four good paragraphs of yeah. his uh, season. You learned a lot about players by reading the backs of their football cards, you know, and, and uh, that's really a credit to tops. Yeah, tops really made an effort to um, do that. And believe it or not, football cards did not always come with writing on the back. I've got here. This is a 1949 exhibit Sammy Ball card. Look how big that thing is, dude. Mm-hmm. Okay, look what's on the back. Nothing, just blank. Nothing. It's just blank, you know? So, um, yeah, pretty cool stuff. Of the 90, so Marcus got 90 score. You got 90 Fleer. You got 90 Pro Set. You didn't get 90 Tops. So there were four uh, football card sets in 1990. Which do you like the best? Oh, the Pro Set is my yeah. favorite. And I actually, you can't see it, but it's right behind me. It's a sealed box. That was one of the reasons I liked that set the best. It was that that was the first set of football cards I ever got as a kid. And it was just really cool, the different colors and the way that it was uh, it was laid out. I still really like those cards today. If you, you know, we don't talk about football cards that often. We used to pull one in a pack when you get back to doing that. But we don't actually like talk about football cards. I know it's really hard out there to collect now and you know it more than I do. Cause you like try to go buy packs and stuff. What mm-hmm. would be your, like if, if somebody's listening right now and they're like, Hey, I don't really collect football cards, but it sounds like fun. Where would you recommend going? If you just wanted to buy a pack of cards, you know, just goof off. Well, so just in general, the paninis are the top of the line right now. Like the, those are the only cards that really matter. And there's so many different variations of it. Score is now actually under the panini brand. Um, I will say my favorite card are the mosaic paninis. They're mm-hmm, just, they're mm-hmm. very bright and they're shiny. And some of them are like hologram. 
those aren't necessarily the worth the most, but I think they look the coolest. And I think you can buy like a single pack for like six bucks right now. And I think you get seven cards or whatever. Uh, I think those are fun. And it seems like you get one nice card out of the seven. That's at least where I would start. Hey, can we do one bit of football news before we get sure. out of here? Sure. Um, I don't know if you have it. Do you have a Saquon Barkley football card? Uh, I'm sure I do somewhere in my collection. Somewhere. Yeah. 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 Uh, Marcus and I were talking offline earlier. Just want to do a quick couple minutes on this, but Saquon Barkley, there's a contract situation going on with the giants. And I suggested to Marcus, why not pay the guy more than any running back in the league makes? I believe Christian McCaffrey is the highest paid right Correct. now. Isn't he? What yeah. is it? 17 and a half. Something close to that. Yeah. Okay. A year, which by the way, is a ton for a running back. I mean, a good run. I mean, uh, what Miles Sanders signed for like four years, 24 million. Yeah. Like six, I was going to say five or 6 million a year. So that tells you how, you know, he's a very good player. Mm -hmm. Um, how low that market is. My suggestion was why not pay Saquon Barkley more than any running back in the league per year for two years, guaranteed money. You give the agent something you say, look, uh, we're making him the highest paid back and it's guaranteed. We'll give him a huge bonus when he walks in the building. So we'll give him whatever, half that money, however you want to do it. Um, but give him a bonus when he walks into the building. I don't think Saquon is going to quit on you because he got guaranteed money. That was always the old school fear. Okay. But don't get yourself in a Ezekiel Elliott Cowboys situation down the line, Marcus. You did both, in my opinion, both the agent player and team all three are getting something here the agent can go back to his client and say hey i got you the highest paid deal right the player uh is getting guaranteed money and doesn't have to worry about getting cut in year three or four of the deal it's mm -hmm. not backloaded with a bunch of empty calories as i like to call it yep and the team is getting peak player and they can tell saquon hey we're trying to win now with you and we're willing to pay for it and you hit the free agent market at 28 not a bad deal I agree. I think that's a very reasonable contract if the Giants are dead set on bringing back Saquon Barkley. The problem is ego, right? Like if you're Saquon Barkley, you want to be the highest paid running back in the league. You want to have the most guaranteed money. And for you to do that, you have to get more than $30 million. It was what is what Christian McCaffrey got over the first two years of his career or of, of his new contract. So I don't think Saquon's going to take a deal that's anything less than you know, three years at 60 million or excuse me, three years at, you know, whatever, you know, I got, yeah, probably, you know, 50, 60 million. Um, I don't think the giants are going to do that. I don't think Saquon's going to get that type of money. So we're going to be in a stalemate, but I do think ultimately something like your what you're talking about will happen. So what I'm saying is instead of paying three years at 50 million, which is about 16.7 million a year, why not pay him two years at thirty-eight million? Pay him nineteen. And just be done with it, and just and be and done say, with hey. it. And, and you know what I would and, say yeah. to Saquon too is, hey, we'll, we're going to give you this deal, and let's even make it a little bit more friendly for you. Let's put in the clause: we can't franchise tag you at the end of the deal. So it guarantees you that you're going to hit the free agent market yeah. in two years. I think that would have to be appealing to both sides. Yeah. Hey, and you're telling your head coach, look, you've got a, a, a dominant piece or a very good piece. By the way, everybody, Saquon had a great year last year. Great year, I thought. Uh, we're going to give you a great chess piece here for two years. Go do something with it. Mm -hmm. Because the data, and if the agent comes back at you, you say, look, the data is a 28 or 29-year-old running back. Rarely, rarely 
um, has prolific seasons and we have to protect ourselves against that. Um, that's why we're paying marquee value and then some right yep. now. So just a, that was a quick thought on the news that I saw today. That's my final thought on it. I give you the last word, sir. I think the running back market is in a really interesting spot right now because we saw last year in free agency, you mentioned the Miles Sanders contract. I think he was the crown jewel of free agency and he went for six million a year. I thought David Montgomery was going to get ten million a year. He ended up signing a very cheap deal with Detroit. Jamal Williams, who led the NFL in rushing touchdowns last year, had to leave Detroit to find any kind of guaranteed money. We yeah. also saw Ezekiel Elliott get cut, Leonard Fournette get cut. Um, Dalvin Cook seems like he's on the way out. I almost wonder if the NFL is going to have to step in here or the Players Association and say, "Hey, we need a." separate salary cap for running backs because what you're doing to these guys, while I technically agree with the, the strategy of draft replace kind of don't pay a lot of money to that. You're having really good players at the age of 24, 25 make nothing. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. Damien Harris had, I think 16 touchdowns in 2021. He had to take a veteran minimum deal this off season yep. with the bills. That's, that's just a shame. That shouldn't happen. I agree with you. I agree with you. And, you know, look, there's always little tweaks they make to the game. They can make it to the business side as well. Mm So uh, I'm with you there. By the way, if you want more takes like that, take a listen to Locked On Cowboys or Locked On Dynasty. If you want to talk running backs and how frustrating they are in fantasy. Uh, Also, Marcus writes for PFF.com, covers the Raiders for USA Today. Raiders Wire, he is at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. That's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. You can see his top running backs on Twitter right now. Feel free to argue. Take care, everybody. This podcast, by the way, we thank the people at Bet Online and Believe. We'll see y'all. Bye bye. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.